Good morning, River City Church. How y'all doing today? I don't know. Um, so I um, that what we're going to do first is pray because it's what I do. I pray. Um, when I woke up, I was praying for you guys this morning, and um, he took me to Isaiah, the 40th chapter. Looking up that scripture where um, uh, John the Baptist in the New Testament had said, prepare ye the way of the Lord for you. It was in Isaiah, so I went back to the Old Testament to look it up, and that was the thing that your Heavenly Father wanted me to speak to you this morning first and foremost, that in this time of transition, he wanted me to speak comfortably to you, to remind you that the Holy Spirit of comfort is with you, and he will never, ever leave you or forsake you, regardless of what transition, regardless. You know, Antley's there in the bed with ice packs on his knees or whatever, and he would rather be here harassing me. <laughs> so, Antley, I'm speaking comfort to you. Be comfortable. Trust the Lord during this time. We are in a place where we don't know. Paul says we don't even know what to pray for as we ought to pray, but guess what? He knows. So I'm going to pray this morning. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just poke you. And I'm going to call your spirit man forward. Okay? Because I want us to hear this message of love with the spirit of the living God. May we pray? Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you, you are welcome. You're welcome in this place. We invite you now to stir up our hearts to be awake to what you want to speak to us, that you want to show us, that you want us to know about you in places we haven't felt or known you before. So we thank you for sending your Holy Spirit, God, to minister. I ask you to send angels to our behalf while we pray, Lord. And I ask you to stir up anybody that you want to heal, that you want to touch. Bring them to the front. Now, I can't do all these things. He's going to ask me to hold all these things at once. Okay, are we transition now? Yeah, that was easy. Now, when I drop things, then you'll know it was because Craig's fault. So we just um, thank you, Lord, for all you're going to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, sometimes I have difficulties with microphones. I don't understand what that is. Um, today I want to talk to us about uh, the title that I uh, did when I talked to Antley. He said, what do you want to talk about? I said, love. So when I went to write the message, it came out, love finds a way. And um, I realized after I started working on it, 
and, and I do a lot of messages, so I put Love Finds a Way to RCC. And I started to remember about our pastor, Antley, so I made sure I got it right, because he prays a lot of times. May his grace and mercy find a way into your heart and soul. And so that's what we want to invite today. In a new place and in a new way, his grace, his grace that gifts us to do the things that we've been called to do, and his mercy that some of us haven't run into yet, his mercy that releases us from all the stuff that we carry, all the oppression and sin and pain. May that, may every sickness and disease, every affliction be met by his mercy. May his grace and his mercy find a way into your heart and soul this morning. So I've entitled our message, Love Finds a Way. And I I just kind of, you know, I kind of do things on the fly sometimes. And so I want to tell you, RCC, love finds a way. And his name is Jesus. So we ready? Come on, let's go. Okay, so uh, the first thing I did was I went to 1 Corinthians, you know, because that's the love chapter, the 13th chapter. But on the way, I went to the message version. And so um, I'm going to ask uh, whoever's over there <laughs> to put up the first slide, please. Uh, Eugene Peterson wrote an introduction uh, to the book of Corinthians. He said, when people become Christians, they don't at the same moment become nice. This always comes as something of a surprise. Conversion to Christ and his ways doesn't automatically furnish a person with impeccable manners and suitable morals. The people of Corinth had a reputation in the ancient world as an unruly, hard-drinking, sexually promiscuous bunch of people. When Paul arrived with the message, and many of them became believers in Jesus, they brought their reputations with them right into the church. You know, that's how we started at River City Church. We were so excited. Holy Spirit, yay. When I heard we were going to be a spirit-filled church, I just ran to the door. But when you look at River City Church... You can see there's a bunch of people up there. I decided to use the staff while nobody was looking. <laughs> we wanted freedom to worship, but we brought all our junk. We brought all of our humanity right through the doors. So we wanted freedom. But what we learned was freedom comes with a price. Love. And so as we walked together in our humanity, we learned that we didn't have all the answers. Thank you. But we learned that someone did. And that answer was Jesus. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. So I started out with God is love. I want to show you um, what I brought because I can't hold everything at once. 
Um, I um, ran into this man about 43 years ago, and um, he started just acting like, you know, I was somebody special. And I didn't understand why, because I didn't know that I was lovable. And so we got pregnant, we got married, we had a family somewhere in there. Um, he was working the whole time, which I like a man working, you know. And uh, he came home from work one day. I don't know. We might have had one son, maybe, son and a daughter. I don't know. He comes home from work, and he brings me this little thing. And I know you can't really see it, but it's a little girl hugging a little boy. And what it says on the bottom, it says, loving you happens to be what I do best. Is that sweet? Does he look like he was that cute? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. So I was like, oh, this is so wonderful. Oh, you know, dishes, dirty clothes, whatever. I'm so happy that he thought of me. Where did you get this? My husband worked on bodies. He was in the body shop. And he worked on cars, and somebody brought a car in that had a rattle in the door. So he took off the lining of the door, and there the thing was. But anyway, (laughs) he loved me. And um, I kept that thing on my dresser for years so I would remember because, as I told you, um, he had to fight me to make me believe that he loved me. You know, Jesus did a lot. God the Father had an idea. He said, I'm going to send you my only son to die. He wanted us to know about his love. So I was like all week trying to figure out what to wear today, and I couldn't figure out anything. And then it was cold, so I said to Dwight, well, I got to get something out of the you know, suitcase because I put all the winter stuff in the bag. So I go in the bag, and I get this black shirt, and then I found this red one, and I thought, oh, this is bright. I'll wear this. So I put it on, and there were these three spots on the pocket. I had washed it with some gum or something in the pocket. And so I was scrubbing and trying to get the spots out, and they wouldn't come out. And I said, I think I'm going to wear it anyway. Because the shirt is the right color. And it's imperfect. It's messed up. Just like we are. When we come to God. And Jesus Christ. The perfect one. He comes into all of our mess. And all of our oppression. And all of our brokenness. Did you hear the testimonies from the life course? He comes into our life. And he brings love. So um, I picked up uh, God is love from um, 1 John um, 4, 17, 18 in the message. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God 
and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day, are standing in the world is identical. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. We proclaim the victory of the cross, the sufficiency of the blood, and the power in the name of Jesus. When God looks at us in love, when we take up residence in him, we are in the same standing as Jesus, the Christ. So for the rest of this message, for the rest of this morning, for the rest of your life. See yourself as he sees you. No need to make him fight you to love you. You take up residence in him and he in you. Amen? I saw this uh, metaphor I was reading and so I asked Kevin if he could uh, do this for me, and he did. Uh, one of the guys that I read uh, for meditation, yeah, do it again. <laughs> he said, let's consider a drop of water as a metaphor for God's indwelling presence. Water drops in the atmosphere are created when water vapor condenses on tiny particles of dust. At the center of every water drop is a particle. Similarly, every soul is wrapped around a particle of God. But this particle, although small, is boundless since the infinite God isn't confined. God is found at your innermost center and beyond. It's not just that God dwells inside you, but God is at the center of your spiritual makeup, an integral and enduring part of who you are. God is not added to you, but you are added to God. God is the foundation onto which your soul is built. Everyone you meet is also a particle wrapped in a soul. So I thought that was a beautiful picture, that water drop. But I didn't recognize until three days after I put the picture, asked Kevin to get the picture, that we are River City. Come on, y'all. We are River City Church. Hello? Know who you are. God is wrapped in you and you are wrapped in him. And that healing power and that forgiving power, God is love. We take up residence in him and he in us.
So regardless of what comes and goes, we just stay in the river. (laughs) Since his love got a hold on me. (laughs) I'm caught up in the fellowship. (laughs) So... um, uh, the other thing that First John says that there's no fear in love. There is no room. Thank you. There's no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not formed in love. We, though, are going to love. We are going to love Love one another and be loved. First, this is the important part. He chose you. He chose you. First, we were loved. Now we love. He loved us first. And that emphasis is put there by me. Um, I made a note. The fear of death and judgment are taught. We learn how to be afraid. We learn how to be prejudiced. We learn values in our family of origin. We learn them in our school. We learn how to fear. We teach our kids how to be ashamed. You ought to be ashamed. Don't do that anymore. We teach our kids at school how to compete and how to perform, and to be afraid of missing the mark. Fear is taught. So it's ours as parents, as followers of Christ, to teach love, to be love. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. I labeled this our performance because that's what we learn how to do. We learn how to do it in church. I taught my children's church all the time if they would bring their Bible. I was at my my daughter's church a couple weeks ago, and um, they have prizes for bringing your Bible. So they're still doing it. I thought, well, my goodness, I was teaching performance. They're still doing it. We're still teaching our kids how to get a piece of candy for being quiet. We're teaching performance. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but don't have love, I am only a gong or a clagging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love. I gain nothing. The idea is, on our own, by ourselves, we're working at getting it right. And we're taught that in church. We're taught that by all the rules. And so we, again, have to reinform ourselves and realign ourselves to the grace of And the mercy of a forgiving God. We have to learn. First in the family. First at home. I found out that I am the worst at home. 
You learn at home. So I was taught in my family, children should be seen and not heard. You better get this right or you're going to get in trouble. I learned to be afraid of God. And I found out later on, one of the teachers I said under Graham Cook, he says, Holy Spirit is the kindest, gentlest person I know. Isn't that a way to meet God? Kind and gentle, supporting. I was reading a book on um, uh, missions, and they were talking about how people go into these countries to teach uh, Jesus Christ, but they carry their robe with them. This is how we do it in our culture. And they said that we should learn how to bring the towel that Jesus used with the disciples We should learn how to come and be the servant, how to wash feet, you see. We tend to carry our culture with us, and the picture is that you want to be like me, don't you? No. We want to learn how to humble ourselves, get out our towel, get on our knees to learn how to serve. That's how we carry the good news. The good news is you don't have to be perfect. The good news is, like our sister said, you're lovable. Isn't that amazing news? How many years did I teach the children's church and finally I got it? I am lovable. Wow. And so when we come into this place as children of the Most High God and we say, I am who he says I am, we have to understand our whole spiritual DNA has been changed. When we came to accept the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when we came to accept that blood on us, it frees us to be. So we don't have to perform. Okay, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. I made a note of this. I called this love God's way. Love is patient, kind. It doesn't envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not proud. It is not proud. It is not rude. Oh, this is mine. It is not self-seeking. I want what I want when I want it. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. God never fails. He always hopes for the best. 
He doesn't look for what we did wrong. How many of us were taught that? If you don't get it right, you're in trouble. That's a big fear, fear of making a mistake, fear of messing up. You know, that's what greets me every time I stand to teach. What? What if I get it wrong? I was reminded of who I am. I was reminded I have on a red shirt today. What if I do get it wrong? Do you know Holy Spirit will speak to you the truth if I stood up here and made up a lot of stuff? It doesn't matter. I am held accountable for what comes out of my mouth. But the truth is that God loves you so much. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to be set free by the truth. It says love never fails. I like to play with words. And early on when I was, I was a teacher first before I became a children's minister. And so love never fails said to me, love never got an F. But then I looked at it another way. Love never gave an F. Love never runs out. It never looks for your worst. God always seeks your best. That's why he gave his son. So, we listen to Holy Spirit and we release ourselves from trying to be perfect, from trying to perform. I have seen him so patient. I don't know if I got if I told you guys I was in a um session with uh, Barbara Musser one time and um Dwight had done something uh human in our session and she asked me something ridiculous like well would you forgive him or something like that I don't know <laughs> and I'm sitting there like no So, you know, I'm Cheryl Williams. I'm a prayer minister. So she said, you know, she just kind of quit talking. (laughs) You know you can't go on if you don't forgive, girl. Get over yourself. And so she put down her stuff. And she said, I'm just going to wait for Holy Spirit. I do what? (laughs) And she literally put down her stuff and waited. I am there with my arms folded like a four-year-old. I wish I could tell you. I don't know how long it was. I'm sitting there, and I just feel Holy Spirit leaning over, smiling at me. Saying, I'll wait for you. (laughs) No, seriously, I wanted to have a temper tantrum, right? He was having none of it. Love is patient. Love is kind. He waited for me to open my heart, to get free of pain, 
to get free of anger, to get free of I got to get back. How many of you know it costs you something to get back? What am I waiting for? I got to sleep with this man tonight. I never thought about the fact that he had to sleep with me. What? (laughs) So you find out in the last part, (laughs) 1 Corinthians 13, (laughs) love. (laughs) This is what we bring to the table, a piece. We know in part. We prophesy in part. But when Jesus comes, all the imperfection disappears. It goes away because of the preeminent one, Christ, takes away all imperfections. He brings himself to the table. So I have to remind myself when I was a child, I babbled. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, all that childish stuff was put behind me. And by that I mean, I quit being so full of myself. And I allowed myself to have a temper tantrum and invite Holy Spirit to come and wake me up. I quit trying to have my way, and I invited Jesus to make Dwight be perfect. (laughs) Love never fails, guys. (laughs) So we see a poor reflection in a mirror. Then we get to see face to face. So we come and we're looking at the perfect one. We are worshiping holy, holy God. And as we worship and adore him, as we speak to him and we say, I love you. I am a child of God. He speaks to our hearts and affirms that I am. He says, I am who I am in you. I am. I am. He comes and fulfills. We're looking into that glass. But when he comes, he lets us see all the way through. So I invite us to look into his face. So we can become like the one we're beholding. Let him change us. Let his love transform us. Let his love heal us. Let his love complete us. Let his love remove all the scars, all the pain. Let his love come so that we can overflow the river and share that love with each other. And everyone we meet. Amen. So I'm going to invite um, Craig to come up here and take things and put them in order. But I want to invite you 
take this opportunity to put down all the stuff of life and see if there's any part of Jesus Christ that he wants to give you that you are missing, any part of his peace, any part of his forgiveness, any part of his joy or love. And I just thank you for your time. Amen.